service is top-notch and worth switching for. Less headaches, more than payroll. Visit morethanpayroll.com. We built this city. This is the Elijah Har Show. With former Speaker of the House, Elijah Hart. City on rock and roll. Welcome back to KWGO. Jeff Smith, a little bit late on the call-in, so we're going to have to play his music now. Yeah, well, I had to, I, I'm still producing the other song over here, which I was rocking to, but now, Elijah, you want to give him another little intro here, I'm sorry. Jeff Smith, welcome back to the show. We're going to play your intro music right now. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm a Democrat. A liberal voice on a conservative talk show. What's the worst that could happen? It's Debate with the Democrat, featuring proud card-carrying Democrat Jeff Smith on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Uh, let's get ready to Jeff Smith, welcome back to the show. There's a new candidate getting ready to announce for governor. Springfield's own Mike Hamra announcing in the Democratic primary. Springfield. Springfield's own. Try Chicago. Jeff, what do you think his chances are of becoming the next governor of Missouri? Probably pretty low. (laughs) You're the Democrat. You're supposed to be like, oh, it's. It's looking great now. Jeff, what state does he live in? <laughs> I know you have me on here because I'm a Democrat, but I try to not just come on here and give Democratic talking points. And, you know, any statewide race right now for the Democratic Party is an uphill battle. And so you're already talking, you know, it's, it's not real likely that we win the general election. But now you've asked me about a guy that's coming into a primary against an established you know, a well-established uh, Democrat, Crystal Quaid, who most of your Springfield listeners have probably heard of. And so she's been preparing for this uh, for like a year. And so she's got a head start on him. She's got better relationships with Democratic donors, better relationships with Democratic political activists. So I think when you multiply an uphill battle for uh, Mr. Hammer in the primary times an, a very uphill battle in the general that's why I say his odds of becoming the next governor are probably pretty low. Jeff, I forgot. We, we, we were supposed to start with the question of the day, and I've messed up. So I'm just going to jump into the question of the day. What's the longest you've ever had your hair? That's a good question. My hair was all one length, you know, down to about my shoulders for a time when I was in college. We need pictures. Like, this is a requirement as a guest. We need pictures. That, in fact, we have... We we have posted about this. We need you like to to send us some pictures so we can post these pictures. I am going to do my best to dig something out for you. Uh, I'm not nearly as good as you are at um, filing old pictures. One of my favorite things is the old pictures of you in college. Uh, some of the great times you had on Halloween, uh, the commencement, <laughs> some of the. Some, some of some of the more notorious episodes, uh, such as your commencement when you were the president at Missouri Western. Does, have your listeners, uh, are they privy to that? Pri- very privy to that. I will say, 
I think the 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 I've got some great pictures when it looked a lot like Mark McGrath. So I'm gonna have to post those because my hair was pretty long at that point. All right, back to I know the one. I know the one I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post it and I'm gonna make sure that I tag you and KWTO as well. Is it is it a picture of you though, or are you just posting pictures of me? Because we can block you. We won't. No, Jeff, he has no access to the social media. Don't you fear that at all. All right, let's get, back to this, let's get back to this governor's primary. Here's the real question. Let's say everything being equal. And I know Missouri's a red state and it's a pretty Republican state. Everything being equal, who do you think would be a better general election candidate? Chris Quaid or Mike Hamra? That's a good question. Um, I don't I would think probably, it's a good question. I think it's an easy question. Yeah, I mean, I would probably have to meet uh, Mr. Hamra uh, before I answered that because I don't really know what he's like. I do think his general profile uh, sounds like maybe a better general election candidate, a, you know, a, a businessman uh, who doesn't have a voting record, right? Those are two pluses because if you're a Democrat, you're going to take some votes I mean, I think this is true for Republican legislators as well. Once you spend eight years in the House, you've taken thousands of votes, and some of them are going to look bad in a statewide race. So coming without any record uh, is helpful to him. Um, Being a businessman, you know, tends to be a little bit more of a, if you're a Democrat, see, and, and this is something that is kind of political insiders know, but not a lot of you know, regular voters don't really think like this, but if you have a profession that is non, that is not really the typical thing for your party, that can be helpful, right? So like if you're a Democrat, but you have a military background like Jason Kander had, which is seen by a lot of people as something that's more conservative, that can insulate you from charges that you're way left, that you're soft on defense if you've worn the uniform and fought, right? And it's a little bit the same for being a business guy. If you've been a successful small businessman, then the attacks that oftentimes are made on Democrats, which is that you don't know how the economy works, you're a tax and spender. To be able to say, no, I know I've signed both sides of a paycheck and I know how to grow the economy because I've, I've grown my business is a nice thing for a Democrat to be able to say that to really neutralize some of the charges that are likely to come in a general election. So that's why I say he has the potentially of the profile to maybe be a better general election candidate, but I would have to meet him before I really uh, would make an assessment. You know, you talked about voting records, and and obviously Crystal's going to have eight years of voting records that Hammer's going to be able to hit. But also, you know, candidly, in a red state like Missouri, uh, just a few days ago, she posted that it was Indigenous Peoples Day. And I, I keep wondering, is she actually running for governor of Missouri, or is she running for popular girl in California? Well, I don't think she's running for popular girl in California. Um, I, I do Maybe think, that if she, I don't know. I can't keep my coast straight. <laughs> I do think that if she, you know, shows well in a gubernatorial race, but doesn't win, you know, if she wins the primary convincingly and then comes within seven or eight points, you know, in a general election, then that helps her you know, potentially in any, in a future race, uh, maybe a state Senate race for, yeah, the seat that Lincoln, uh, Huff will be termed out of, I think in, in, uh, three years from now. So that's potentially, uh, 
you know, I think uh, an opportunity if the governor's race doesn't work out for her. I don't think she's running to be, you know, an MSNBC commentator or anything like that. But I do think there may be future opportunities for her if this race doesn't work out, if she shows well in the race. Uh, seems like a pretty big if. Uh, walk us through, in your mind, um, if the Democrats were to have one candidate in Missouri that had a shot at winning statewide, what race it would be and what candidate that would be. And you, you hey, are welcome to say yourself. That's a great question. Um, yeah, I think a, you know, progressive agnostic Jew, uh, with a felony conviction would be ideal in any statewide race. Um, maybe a U.S. Senate race. No, seriously. Um, uh, longtime listeners know that that was a reference, uh, to myself. But anyway, to be, to be honest about it, I would say someone who has a military background, maybe someone who is, you actually fought on the front lines uh, for the country. Um, someone who has experience traveling the state and isn't just tied to St. Louis and Kansas City. Um, it, it would be especially good if that person were from, you know, mid-Missouri or, you know, somewhere outside of the two urban centers. Uh, someone young and kind of fresh. Uh, would be great. So, you know, Jason Kander came about as close as anybody uh, to winning a statewide election in the last decade or so. And Stephen Weber is someone who kind of comes to mind as fitting that sort of profile. He's a state Senate candidate in Columbia, Missouri, and he's someone who's already drawn the attention and the ire of some Republican, prominent Republican operatives like a Greg Keller, you know, the Republican operative uh, from St. Louis, who has been trying to warn Republicans that Weber is a guy with a real political future. And this cycle would be the cycle to try to take him down in his Columbia State Senate race. But uh, it doesn't seem like Republicans are going to find a candidate who can do that. And I think Weber has the kind of profile that could, you know, give him a political future statewide. But look, Things are going to have to change in this state for Democrats to have a, a real shot. And some things that are happening within the Republican Party, the, the kind of Republican on, on Republican violence that I think we're already seeing in the gubernatorial primary and are going to see a lot more of in the next year. Those are the kinds of things that could make Missouri look more like Kansas where the Republican Party has almost split into two and given Democrats opportunities to elect people like Kansas Governor Laura Kelly. Jeff, always appreciate uh, hearing your insight. You know, last week we talked about the Speaker of the House vote, and I asked you, as a Democrat, would you keep Kevin McCarthy there or would you vote to throw him out? You said I would vote to throw him out. As it turns out, it looks like the Democrats can just sit back and watch the Republican infighting continue. They're no closer to electing a Speaker right now than they were last week. I got to ask you this question. I asked Joel and Garrett in the first segment of the show. If you were to take a bet on the next Speaker of the House and your options were Scalise, Jordan, or the field, who would you bet on? I think I'd probably bet on Scalise, but it would be close. I would not bet on Jordan because he clearly doesn't have a majority of his caucus. Uh, and I don't think the Scalise folks are going to come around to him. Jordan, having already endorsed Scalise, suggests that he, you know, he is going to bring some votes towards Scalise. Uh, but I think there's probably more never Jordan than there is never Scalise uh, in, in the Republican caucus. 
the reason I wouldn't take the field is because some of the only people who might be able to put together the votes don't want the job because they know just like Kevin McCarthy is probably sensed that what he had to do to get the job would make the job impossible. Okay. It's a little, it's kind of like a play on the old Groucho Marx line. I would never belong to any club that would actually have me as a member. (laughs) <laughs> right now, there's a lot of Republicans, I think, in the, in the U.S. House that are thinking, gosh, you know, would I love to be speaker someday? Yeah, it'd be nice. But right now, given the, the internecine battles within the House Republican caucus, what you would have to do to get those last four or five votes that you need would then make the job untenable. And Kevin McCarthy, when he made the compromise back in January to allow one person to, to make a motion to vacate the chair, that, you know, it was, I think a lot of people talked about then, he planted the seeds of his own demise. And unless a Republican is strong enough in the caucus, has deep enough relationships to be able to say, we've got to change that rule, we've got to raise that number dramatically, uh, to 10 or 12, then the person is just, isn't probably not going to last any longer than Kevin McCarthy did because you're going to have to make a deal to keep the government open. And that's going to happen this fall. And you're going to face the same exact problems that Kevin McCarthy did. So the problems of the Republican party are not going away. And one new person being speaker is not going to change the fact that there are several people in that caucus and the majority, the majority is so narrow and there are several people in the caucus that benefit politically in their districts, benefit politically through online fundraising by being totally against the establishment, even if it means the government is shutting down voters and some online donors don't care. And in fact, they're egging people on like Matt Gates. And so until the, the base of the Republican party, when it comes to online fundraising and the activist base in a lot of these districts cares more about actual governance than being against things, that job is not a job that any rational person really wants. Jeff Smith, Debate with a Democrat. Thanks so much for joining us today. If anybody wants to follow you on social media, how do they do that? At Jeff Smith, M-O. At Jeff Smith, Mo on Twitter. Very good, Jeff. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Elijah. Take care. That was Jeff Smith, Debate with a Democrat. We'll be right back. We'll answer the question today. As we said, if you want to post any pictures of you with extra long hair on our social media page that's our question of the day we'll come back and answer that don't forget 505 congressman mark alford and 520 we're gonna have representative adam schwadron on the show made-up accusations. News, analysis, opinion. I believe you want the American people to believe we have operational control of the board.